we are in Sefer Malachim Beis, Perik Yud Zayin, Pasuk Yud Ches, Vayisane Hashem Od Yisrael. So yesterday we saw the very tragic exile of the ten northern tribes. The Asara Shvatim, Sancherub comes from Assyria. He does it in stages, but finally he destroys the capital city of Shomron and exiles the remainder of the tribes. And we discussed the very clever demographic that Sancherub uses <clears throat> that in capturing these nations, he takes the indigenous population and moves them elsewhere. Really, excuse me, what pasuk? What pasuk do you want? Uh, Yudches. Okay. He moves them elsewhere, scatters them, which of course makes renationalization and returning to the homeland impossible because they are so scattered and separate. And what he does, as we will see, is populate that country, specifically here, Israel, with other people, other foreigners from other conquests. And we'll see what the problems that that leads to. So we begin on Yudches. Uh, now what the Navi is doing is a long history lesson, and it's more or less a justification of how the Kaddish Baruch Hu just didn't do this suddenly, but gave them every opportunity, every chance to do tshuva, and they did not pick up on it. So we're on Yudches. By Yisane Hashem Ma'od Bi Yisrael, Kaddish Baruch Hu grows very angry. By Yasrein Me'alponav, he casts them out from his presence. By Yasrein Me'alponav, hold that phrase because we're going to come back to it. Lo Nishar Rakshavit Yehuda Levado, we know that Yehuda is spared. They have a better caliber of, of Malachim, certainly. They have the Vesamikdash, which is uh, an inspiration to people. And also the Kaddish Baruch who does not want to destroy at this point the Beit HaMikdash and Yerushalayim. So they are on a higher level as we're going to see the Israel, but all we're doing here is deferring their ultimate exile for now. So Gam Yehuda says the Navi, Yehuda was no angel either. Lo Shomar es mitzvah Hashem Eloheihem and they basically followed some of the things that B'nai Yisrael did up in the north. Who is angry and rejects the people, the tribes of the northern kingdom. He gives them in the hands of plunderers. Until they are cast out from his presence. Second time we've used that phrase. Kikora Yisrael What is the basis of Israel's sin? It comes back every time by Amlichu Eshirovam Ben Nevat. 
the choosing of Yerobam ben Nevat, by Yidach Yerobam is Yisrael me'acharei Hashem. He leads them away from the Kodesh Baruch Hu, be'echtiyam chatas yedola, causes them to commit great sins. By Yelech b'nei Yisrael b'chol chataos Yerobam asher asah, they follow Yerobam, Third time, lo soru mimenu, ad asher hisir Hashem isyotil, Kodesh Baruch Hu removes the tribes of Israel me'al ponav from his presence. Kasher diber biyad kol avadam ha'nevi'im, as he has told the nevi'im time and time again, warning them, by Yigal Yisrael me'al admoso ashura ad hayom hazeh. And Israel is exiled to the furthermost precincts of Assyria to this day. So, the fact that three times the Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I have thrown them away, I have removed myself from their presence, is a source of great debate among uh, Mepharshim. And it's a very ominous phrase because it implies that uh, I am not going into exile. They are on their own. I have thrown them out of my presence. Can't you distinguish that to with Yehuda? The Gemara tells us that the Kodesh Baruch Hu assures Yehuda, I will go with you into exile, I will stay with you in exile, and I will come back with you from exile. So this is quite a difference. The Kodesh Baruch Hu is saying, you're on your own. My presence is removed from you. And so now it leads to a real interesting debate as to what is the future of those tribes of Israel. Are they going to come back? Are we going to see them again? Let me just go machlokes in the Mishnah of Kufyud in Sanhedrin between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Eliezer. Says the Mishnah, Aseret hashvatim enam asidim lachzor, that the ten tribes are not destined to return to the place of exile. Shenemar v'yashlichin el eretz acheret, I am going to send you to a different land by Yom Hazeh on this day <coughs> that in effect just as the day ends, so has your day ended. You will not come back. That is Rabbi Akiva, a very strict position. Rabbi Eliezer says you take by Yom Hazeh, that just as the day becomes dark and then the next day is light, so too they will be given the chance for Shura and they will have the opportunity to come back. So it's really polar opposites. Rabbi Akiva is saying, that's it. You've seen the last of the ten tribes. Uh, Rabbi Lezer is saying, no, they will be given an opportunity for tshuva and ultimately return. There are Mephorshim in the middle that say that they will come back in Messianic times. They say also that surprisingly there were Jews in Yehuda from the Tzorashvatim, uh, who had settled there, who had moved there, um, and that therefore they are there and will come back. So you have it on both sides. We've seen the last of them, or 
they will come back in some form, even in a messianic time, and they do have a chilek in Olam Haba, which Rabbi Akiva says they don't have. Then let's get to the question, the primary blame is constantly, and this is consistent, put on Yeruvim ben Nevat. The failure of the ten tribes is the failure of Yeruvim. Why? Because the truth is, while he was, he told the Navi, the Kaddish Baruch Hu told the Navi, Yeruvim would be king, Yeruvim was never proclaimed king. Yeruvim was never chosen king by the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And so therefore, they chose him. He became totally insecure in his uh, reign, and so instituted that thing where he built those two Egel Hazahavs that prevented the people from going down, or discouraged them at first from going down with their people, because he was worried, legitimately so. They come together, there's that nostalgia, the shared experience of nationhood, that his reign was shaky enough without it, so he forbade it. And when that wasn't enough to keep them from going up, he blocked them physically had sentry posts, as we learned. So it all comes down to Yeruvah ben Nevat. He was the catalyst that brought this on. Now, Pasuk HaTalit, Vayavah Melech Asher Bavel. Now, Sancheret comes from Bavel. We're recounting the story. Makosa, Umaaza, Umechat, Mesvajim. He takes people from Makosa, from Aza, from Hamas, to Shikonim. He settles them within the city of Shomron. Shomron, we know, is destroyed. And so now, as he's exiled the ten tribes, he has brought in people from every other group within the Assyrian Empire to occupy Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> And so now, what we're particularly going to be concerned is a group he mentions there of the Kutin, Kusians as we call them. Uh, and by Yehidah Tchilat come in a very strange occurrence, at the beginning of their enforced exile from Lo Yoruz Hashem. They didn't fear the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Well, of course they didn't fear the Kaddish Baruch Hu. They are from a pagan nation. So it's no surprise. God sends lions that devour them, that kill the Assyrians. In other words, the Kaddish Baruch Hu is showing the spirit of the Kaddish Baruch Hu is still here. The land is holy without the population upon it. I, my life presence, make it holy. So the Assyrians are killed. According, I'm sorry, the Kuthians are killed. According to the Medrash, the Kuthians do a mass conversion, which is going to lead to a whole series of problems they convert. In any case, they come to the king Ashur Lemar, the nations that you have exiled, the living in Shomron, that's us, the Kufians, we don't know the rules, the, the commandments of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And so, they have sent lions, and we are dying because of it, 
כאשר אינו יודעים את משפט אלוקי ישראל. Because we don't know what the Kaddish Baruch Hu expects of us. That's very strange. They're going there, they know nothing. They get an attack of lions where they're killed. They know they're doing something wrong. What they're doing, how do you expect them to do what the Kaddish Baruch Hu wants when they don't know what it is the Kaddish Baruch Hu wants? And so Melech Ashur does a very clever thing, Sancheru. By Yitzhak Melech Ashur Lemor, Holichu Shoma Echad Mehakohanim Asher Higlisem Misham, Viyelchu Viyashuru Sham, Vayirum Es Mishpat Elokeha Ares. Take a Kohen from those Kohanim that I have exiled now in Ashur, send them back there. And they will teach them all the mishpatim, all the chukim, what God expects of them. Uh, and they will be their teachers. Some say he picked, some say more than one Kohen. Some say he picked the best of the Kohanim. He was serious, took the best. Some say he took the worst. Some say it was in between. But in any event, Kohen or Kohanim go back to Eretz Yisrael with the specific task of teaching B'nai Yisrael what the Kaddish Baruch Hu expects. And out of this comes one of the strangest hybrid religions you've ever seen. It's almost like a buffet where you just pick what you want and ignore what you don't want, which is what they do. Under the exile, Kohan comes back. He sets up residence in Hashem, And he teaches them how to fear the Kaddish Baruch he teaches them what the Kodesh Baruch Hu wants, he teaches them, uh, but he leaves them with their altars. Each, one, each of them has their own altars, their own Mizveh. Hilly, question. So prior to this, non-Jewish people living within Eretz Yisrael, Plishtim, others, they, they, they didn't have this problem, right? Well, that's right. The Canaanim are all to be killed. Remember, the original decree to Yoshua is there to be wiped out. But they weren't. They were there. Because he left them there, right? That's the source of the problem. But the truth is, no, it was meant as an exclusive place based Israel. Plishtim was their own nation, really. And so that they failed in that. That's the root of the problem. But yeah, here, they know something is wrong. They, they are smart enough, the Kusim, to know something is wrong. The Kusim, by the way, are called Kusims, and they're also called Shomronim, Samaritans, because they settled in Shomron. Vanshei, Babel, Osu, Etsukos, Benosam, each each group has its own deity. Anshei Babala Tzuas Tzukos Benos. Tzukos Benos is a Tarnagolis. It's a, a hen with its roosters as an icon. Banshei Kutz or Tzuas Garga. Uh, rather, which is a rooster. That's what the Kuthians do. Each one has its local god. Hashem uh, is a barking dog, in case you're interested. The other has a donkey. 
or the other that Tartak has a mule, or Sofanim uh, burn their children in a fire like the Mola. So in other words, each one is there, Lajri Melech, Alimel, those are gods of theirs that they worship. But at the same time, they are now instructed in worshiping God. They have their own altars, they do their own thing, but they are taught Yeres Hashem. They weren't weren't converted to Judaism. (laughs) They claim they were. We're going to get to that. The the Kuthians claim that they were. They did a mass conversion. We're going to talk about the halacha, but, but we but may not have to. Get... You'd have to sincerely want to exactly. convert. Exactly. This is what's haunted us for thousands of years. Was it a real conversion? Who are the Kuthians? What's the standard of halacha? Es Hashem Hayu Listen to this phrase. Es Hashem Hayu They feared the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Es Eloheim Hayu Odim Kemishpat Hagayim. They worship, you know, they, yeah, they have Yerat Shemayim, but they do whatever they want. To this day, they do that. Now we're switching back, however, to uh, what based Israel in the narrative of the history. So they did what they want, Yisrael, Enam Yireim as Hashem, they didn't fear God, they did the sins of the pagan nation, they did not listen. Now, Hashem Itam Bris, Kaddish Baruch made a covenant with them. This is back to the history lesson. He's talking to B'nai Israel. Do not worship other gods. Don't bow down to them. Don't sacrifice. It is your God who took you out with a mighty hand, who was throwing it to you. Also, Tiro, you fear him. Do not bow down to other gods, do not sacrifice. Follow the Torah, and do not follow. Do not forget this eternal covenant. Fear your God. He will save you. You didn't listen. You are doing as you did initially, following the other gods. You worship their gods, you forgot yours, you worship their idols, you bow down to them. They were doing to this day. Um, there's a big body of discussion that we will not reach today that we must get to tomorrow. The Kusim, for a thousand years, these Kusim have haunted us. Are they considered Jews? Is the conversion valid? 
What law do we follow with them? Are they allowed to convert? A whole range of topics that I think we would do injustice if we did it now. Let's start tomorrow, 8.45 a.m., the eternal fate of the Kuthians. Ad Khan.